0: hello if you are into conversations that are habitually disruptive welcome to confessions of a crappy christian the speakeasy edition okay guys welcome to another episode of the speakeasy i hope you had a great weekend we are talking about women in the church today This episode needs a definite disclaimer on the front end because I'll be honest, there are some parts of this conversation that I am not 100% sure how I feel or what I believe. And so that's kind of the beauty of this space is the ability to show up and not have all the answers and not have everything perfectly wrapped up in a bow. I don't ever want to present myself as though I know everything about everything because I definitely don't. And that is... One of my favorite parts of my walk with Christ is that it is okay for me to have questions, that it is okay for me to be unsure. It is okay for me to look at what the culturally or denominationally accepted line has been on certain subjects and say, um, I don't know how I feel about that. So as with every episode, <laughs> there are parts of this that you will likely disagree with. There are parts of this that you probably know more than me about that's really kind of the point is just to start a conversation amongst us and amongst you and the people that you're doing life with and just give you a space to maybe look at this a little bit differently and ask some questions. So women in the church specifically, right? There's plenty of scripture about women and about their roles and about their purpose and it's a beautiful purpose and it is a beautiful role that we get to fill it is one that I think has largely gotten I don't know it's gotten muddied and it's gotten mixed up across the spectrum in a bunch of different ways and in my opinion that's where these issues come from is a misunderstanding of the role of women period much less in the church You know, there are people who really, truly believe that women are supposed to be at home and that they're supposed to be the homemaker and raising the children exclusively, that women in the workforce is an abomination or not the way God designed things to be. That may be a more extreme belief system, but it's absolutely one that exists within Christianity. And then there are people that swing the total opposite way and believe that women should and can pastor churches lead men be the head of households and because this podcast is my opinion and my thoughts i think both camps have gotten it wrong to be honest we experience the concept of a woman for the first time in genesis 2:18 when it's you know the lord says it is not good that the man should be alone i will make him a helper fit for him So you may already be familiar with this, but just in case you're not, the word helper that's used in that verse is the Hebrew word "azer." I'm sure I'm butchering that. It shows up 22 times in the Old Testament Hebrew, and it's not just to describe a woman who is subservient or just meant to be home. It's a word that's used to describe God as a helper, as someone who comes to the rescue, the really popular verse, I lift my eyes up to the hills, where does my help come from? In Psalms 121, uses that same Azar word to describe God. So when God looked at creation and he saw Adam alone, he said that that was not good. That's the first thing he said was not good. And he rectified that by creating the woman. Now, throughout scripture, there are multiple examples of women who help, I'm using air quotes there, men in really direct, independent, incredible ways. One of my favorite women of the Bible is Jael because she did what had to be done and she drove a freaking tent stake through somebody's temple because it's what God told her to do and that was how she helped Israel in her time. So this idea of women as fragile and incapable and emotional and that they don't have anything to bring to the table and that they don't deserve a seat at the table bothers me significantly. In the same exact breath, I will say that I believe that a lot of our conversations around femininity and around women and around their positions have lost the thread of submission. And I know, I know, like we still it's 2023 and we still get a little weird about the word submission. Let me explain where I've landed and then we're going to get into women in the church. I don't want to be a man. I don't want the responsibilities that come with being born a man because, in the beautiful, complex, ununderstandable design that God has created, men have a role to fill and women have a role to fill. I do think we spend an inordinate amount of time focused on what that is rather than living it out. I understand that you have to know what you're doing to do it, but it feels like there can be a lot of bickering across genders and across belief systems about this rather than action, and I think that that holds us back to a degree. But when I look at scripture and what it says about husbands specifically and men, I don't want that responsibility. Maybe there are people that are listening to this, I'm sure that are just rolling their eyes so hard. And that's fine. But when I look at verses like Ephesians 5:25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, when you read that in the context of understanding how Christ loved the church and what exactly he gave up for her, I'm okay with not carrying that responsibility. <laughs> I'm okay with that responsibility landing on Jeremy's shoulders for our family, the same as first Timothy five's instructions that if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for the members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. This is instructions for the church. Like that's intense. That's a lot of responsibility. First Peter three, seven tells us that husbands are to live with their wives in an understanding way. Showing honor to women as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. God created us different on purpose because the ways that he created us differently work together for his purposes so perfectly. Men have the responsibility of showing honor to women, to taking care of them, to providing for them, to being responsible for them, to leading the home. And if we're following this verse in first Peter that I was just talking about, they carry a lot of responsibility and we are equal heirs. That's, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, that feels like the better end of that deal. Yeah, maybe there are verses that exist that say that women can't hold positions of authoritative power within the church, but I think that's because male headship is a burden that women weren't meant to carry. There is so much that women can do and will do with their gifts in their proper places within the church. My personal favorite is in John 20, when Mary Magdalene is the first to encounter Jesus after the resurrection. And he gives her the command of like, go and tell my brothers, go and tell them that I'm alive. The first go and tell people about me after the cross Jesus told that to a woman. I feel like that probably carried some weight. That was on purpose. Things didn't happen unintentionally in Jesus' orbit. So I think we have to take all of that. We have to take all of that information, all of those verses together when we approach these touchier verses like 1 Timothy 2 and 1 Corinthians 14. These are the only two places that I have seen these direct calls to women need to be silent, women can't teach, women can't exercise authority. These verses are taken out of context all the time by people who do want to leverage their power over women. They're also largely argued and again pulled out of context to argue that Paul was a misogynist So let's look at these verses, because if we do believe in the inerrancy of scripture, if we do believe that it is holy and God-breathed and living and active and as applicable in 2023 as it was when it was written, then what do we do with verses that talk about women being silent or wearing head coverings or having braided hair? Okay, so as I prefaced on the beginning of the episode, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about all of this all the time. There is some of it that seems very cultural, if I'm being honest. I know some people use that as an excuse to throw out scripture that they disagree with. And that is not the route that I want to take because I want to honor scripture and I want to honor God in my womanhood and in my involvement in the church as an institution and as a body. But some of these verses make that a little confusing, And a little contentious. And I just feel like I'm constantly grappling between those two. Of some verses, when I read them, I have audibly been like, what the frick? What does that mean? And not just about women. Just in general. There are parts of the Bible that are confusing. And I believe that it is holy and God-breathed and without error and applicable in our lives today. That's the way we're going to navigate these verses. Because... Some of them, I have to believe, are cultural and don't carry actual instruction for Christian women today. And on the other hand, I think that we see a clear dynamic between men and women across the board in relationship and specifically within the church that stays the same, that is pretty consistent no matter who it is writing and when they were writing and what they're talking about there is a clear headship and submission. And that submission is not one of necessarily weakness, although we are lovingly referred to as the weaker vessel. I don't think that it is one of weakness. I believe that women as a helpmate are influential. I believe that they are powerful. I believe that they make an impact. I believe that God didn't create women to just float around and kind of not really have anything to say we don't see that exemplified in scripture there are too many stories old testament and new of really incredible women of god that made a difference and an impact for the kingdom the area that that gets a little gray is within the church and specifically teaching okay so one of the places this turns up is in paul's letter to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 2, instructions to men and women. So 1 Timothy 2, pretty much 8 through 15. I'm going to read it. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Also, the women are to dress themselves in modest clothing with decency and good sense, not with braids, gold, pearls, or expensive apparel, but with good works as is proper for women who profess to worship God. A woman is to learn quietly with full submission. I do not allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed. But she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with good sense. I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe you read that and you go, yeah, 100%. I'm down for that. I love that for you. Maybe you read it and you go, What the hell, Paul? Like, we're gonna be saved through childbearing. I thought we were saved through grace, through faith. Adam was not deceived. The woman was deceived. Oh, so it was all the woman's fault? I'm pretty sure Adam got deceived too. He ate the apple too, right? So we gotta take a deep breath. We gotta put that stuff aside. We gotta put our own, like, what the frick, Paul, aside and try to discern what this says and what it means and what the impact is 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration Event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4 e models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 41. Jeep is a registered trademark. Like I just said, this clearly shows the, in my opinion, intended order of things that women are not, by and large, intended to be in authority over men. And I realize that that is a wildly unpopular opinion. I think I pretty firmly backed up why I believe that at the beginning of the episode. Here's my issue with taking these verses in 1 Timothy literally, believing that women are not allowed to teach men or have any authority over a man, like period, full stop because if you back up to verse 9 I have braids in my hair more often than not because my hair is dirty as sin and I don't want to wash it is that sinful because if we are going like word for word taking this literally what does that mean am I not allowed to wear pearls am I not allowed to wear gold I know that a lot of people read this and they say Paul wasn't saying you can't wear those things he's saying that you know you need to dress modestly and you're not supposed to be showy you're not supposed to find your purpose or your worth in your appearance and in what you're wearing yes a hundred percent he gets real specific there though doesn't he not with braids gold pearls or expensive apparel i have some like relatively expensive pieces of clothing some things that i've invested in according to paul i'm not supposed to wear those things So that verse backs up to verse 11. A woman is to learn quietly with full submission. I do not allow a woman to teach or have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. And maybe this is just my like all or nothing brain. But I feel like we either have to take the whole thing completely literally, or we have to take none of it completely literally. Okay, like we can't explain away verse 9 about the braids and the gold and the pearls and then say full stop we take that women are not supposed to teach and are supposed to remain quiet completely literally there have to be some cultural implications here right now the cultural implications that i have found in my research is that a lot of the temples that were being run at this time for other gods were largely woman-run. The women were the priestesses. They were often prostitutes as well. There was a lot of sexuality in these temples and in the worship of these false gods. And so there is the theory that that is the specifics of what Paul is speaking to. That is the specifics of the braids and of the gold and the modesty necessity That is why he says that they need to remain quiet and remain silent because these women were really chatty and disruptive. They would come in and they preached a completely different belief system that completely omitted the God of Israel and believed in things like Baal and crazy gods and didn't believe that men were of any authority or purpose, much less ahead of them, or above them. So when you read those verses through that kind of context, it's like, hey, I know that the women that get this, the women that love Jesus, you're already doing these things, but just as a reminder, you don't need to come in here in your priestess garb with your boobs hanging out and your hair braided all crazy, causing a ruckus. You need to come in, you need to be decent, you need to listen if you want to be here. And I realize that that is applying a lot of context and a lot of culture to this one little chunk of scripture. The reason I'm okay with that is that the takeaway is, is still the same, in my opinion. I think Adam was formed first and then Eve, oh, that women are meant to learn from men that we are not meant to be in places of authority within the hierarchy of the church. And simultaneously, I don't believe that women are supposed to be in a place of authority, in the hierarchy of the church, and that that was an easy-to-confirm thing for Paul because he knew that and he understood that and he understood why, understood the purpose of that statute within the institution. So I really do think that it comes down to context, it comes down to nuance, it comes down to trying to understand the heart of these scriptures. I really don't think that Paul was some he-man woman hater. I really don't. There are a couple of places in 1 Corinthians that Paul mentions women. Again, I think context is really necessary because if you look at the Church of Corinth, it was a little chaotic. Like There was a lot going on. They really could not keep their crap together. They had divided loyalty like to different leaders. There was a lot of immorality within the church that was just being tolerated and kind of glossed over. There was a lack of church discipline. They didn't know how to handle disagreements. They couldn't figure out if it was better to be single or to be married, which it makes, it makes sense. This is the very early church. Like Think about how much we get confused and chaotic and we've had this information for freaking ever, right? So I get it. But I think that you have to read these verses specifically about women through that lens. This church was kind of in chaos, which is why the letters to the church in Corinth make up the largest body of work that Paul wrote directed to an individual congregation. And it addresses areas that were problematic then that continue to be problematic today, which is again why we can't just throw stuff out that we don't agree with or necessarily immediately understand we have to be willing to kind of do the legwork and dig into it a little bit so paul says in first corinthians 14 as in all the churches of the saints the women should be silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak but are to submit themselves as the law also says if they want to learn something let them ask their own husbands at home since it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church Don't you love that? That feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) So some people think that this was actually not Paul, that it was inserted. I'm going to not believe that because that will completely jack up my view of the Bible, probably in its entirety. Some people think that it was like a rebuttal to something else, which is it's all very confusing. Where a lot of scholars land on this one is that these instructions were given to wives, specifically not all women the word usage in this verse and the fact that it references husbands specifically, a lot of people think that this means that the command to remain silent was in general conversation among the congregation in conversations that would be better held amongst a husband and a wife in the privacy of their home. Because the hard sticking point for this is is that just a few chapters earlier in the same book, Paul talks about head coverings. Again, I think that this is a largely cultural take. I don't know that women in the church in 2023 are meant to be wearing head coverings because we are free from the law. And this is talking about within a church gathering. Every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since that is the one in the same as having her head shaved. We're not going to get into the hair thing with Paul or even the head coverings thing. Maybe we'll talk about that at a different date. What I take away from that is that women were allowed to pray and to prophesy during the services. Yes, as long as their head was covered. But that stands in pretty direct opposition to the verses that are three chapters later that say, Women should be silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak. So where does all of that bring us? <laughs> how, do we, how do we wrap all of that up and kind of understand it moving forward? It is my belief that we see outlined throughout scripture, the design for relationship, the design for authority, the design for leadership between or in the dynamic of men and women. And it is one of men in headship And women in active submission, not that women are pointless, not that women can't pray, prophesy, or even lead. It's that there is a clear purpose for men and there's a clear purpose for women. Now, I do also believe that there are cultural, contextual necessities to reading these specifically divisive and controversial verses. I think that it is unwise and undiscerning to read these verses and think that it means that women can't speak in church at all, that women can't lead in church at all. I'm not interested, honestly, in making grand statements against women pastors or women leaders of churches. I don't think that that is productive. I think that that is something that needs to be handled in-house within the church. And I don't go to that church. The church that I go to has men in leadership and in places of authority and also greatly values women, the giftings of women, the things that women can bring to the table, the ideas that women have. And I realize that that is a really fine line and a really fine balance. But here's kind of where I land with that. I do not think that this is the most important thing. I obviously think it's worth talking about. I wouldn't have made a podcast episode about it. And I have this conversation in my regular life. But I do think that it can serve as a distraction from more important things. I think when we get really down in the weeds of what we can and can't do and what people can and should do, we lose the thread a little bit. And the infighting can get so out of control that it'll rip a church apart. And I don't think that that is productive, and I don't think that that Paul's intention in writing these instructions. So 25 minutes of talking, all to land at this place. I think the women are of great value in the world and in the church. I think that there are things that we can and do do within our congregations and our communities that men can't do. And I think that that's what I want to focus on. I am not interested in being in power or being in authority because I don't think that that is the role that women were meant to play. I think that we were meant to play an equally important and impactful role. And when we get so obsessed with what men can do and what we can't, we take our eyes off of the things that are right in front of us that God has given us to do. So no, I personally would be uncomfortable going to a church where the woman was the lead, head, teaching, pastor. Because I don't think that that is God's design for the church. It's not something that I'm interested in getting in an argument about. I don't have a problem with if that's what other people want to do. It's just not the headship or the leadership that I want to be under at this point in my life. I'm also not going to go to a church that treats women Like servants and like all they're good for is cooking and cleaning women deserve a seat at the table Theology is for women community is for women and not just with other women I think we were meant to be in community as a body with each other so as with A lot of things these days I kind of land in this weird middle ground where I'm, like Yeah, this is what the bible says and I agree with it because it's the Bible. And also I think that there is some necessary context here that we need to take into account. So hopefully this was more helpful than hurtful. Hopefully this made sense, because it is a very jumbled, I don't 100% know how I feel about this all the time topic for me, but it is one that I wanted to talk about because I love being a woman and I love what we are capable of. Women are so powerful. We are so incredible. When we have the Spirit of God within us, I love watching women run on mission and further the kingdom of God. And I want to equip us and encourage us to do more of that and not be worried about what position we do it from. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands.